Summer Camp and COVID-19, presented by the Sherry Group, LLC. Welcome to Summer Camp and COVID-19 here with the Sherry Group, LLC. I am Drew Demery and my co-host here is David Sherry. And today we have with us Ryan Graydon. Welcome to the show, Ryan. How are you doing? Well, thanks, God. Good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. So, Ryan, tell us what your camp looks like in a normal year. Not COVID year, but a normal year. Yeah, great question. Well, Hidden Acres um, has been around for uh, over 35 years of summer camp. Uh, the camp itself has, has just had its 40th, 40th birthday. But a normal summer for us um, runs about six weeks of summer camp programming. Um, kids come on a Sunday and uh, you know, leave on a Friday afternoon. Um, and usually for us, we have and host between 500 to 700 kids a week here at Hidden Acres. We hire a staff of uh, about 170 high school and college students to care for, mentor, and disciple the, 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 the uh, campers that come through. And ultimately, it's, it's been an incredible culture to, to see God create. Um, that's unique, and, and you find that in every camp. They have their own unique culture. And, uh, and we counted a blessing to just see God creating a family. Um, that is now last, we're starting in fourth generation uh, in some families here. And, um, and so, yeah, it, a normal summer would see about, about uh, 2,500 to 3,000 kids. Um, obviously, this summer was a little different. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that. And, uh, and you do a lot more in the summer camp as well, right? So can you talk a little bit about your retreat programs and what that normally would look like, unlike uh, it has since March? Absolutely. So um, as I mentioned, we do six weeks of our own summer camp program. So that goes through about the middle of July. And then we usually open the camp up to uh, six more weeks, you know, the rest of July through August for uh, church groups to come in and do their own week of summer camp. Um, again, normally that would be anywhere from 300 to 600 kids a week, usually one or two big churches. Uh, most of them coming here from the Midwest, and uh, we would we would um, host them like a retreat, uh, run all activities. Um, they usually bring their own camp staff and uh, counseling staff, and uh, and that would kind of last the rest of our summer into our fall retreat season, uh, where we shift to a lot of weekends and a little bit of midweek business, but um, a lot of weekends where yeah there we have anywhere from four to five hundred folks out here with different ministries, churches, businesses, things like that. So um, again, over the year, over an annual uh, time, um, usually we have about twenty-five thousand guests uh, a year. Um, but again, it's it's different now, um, but it's still happening. Thanks for sharing. So it's different now. Tell us about the now. Tell us a little bit about your summer camp uh, first. Tell us what that looked like. Did you have summer camp? We we did. We had summer camp, um, but it was no small feat. You know, I, I will say that. And and like I'm sure many camps experienced, you know, there in March it was a big question mark. Um, you know, Iowa, you know, well any state didn't have all the answers. You know. And um, our staff, what we found was, you know, there was legitimate fear 
with, with members of our staff. Um, there was questions that couldn't be answered, you know. Um, it was really hard, you know, for me personally as a director and, and, and responsible for leading a, a few select staff members uh, here. Um, it, it was definitely one of the hardest uh, seasons of, of my job because, um, you know, as a leader, you want to give answers, but I didn't have answers, you know. And uh, it caused frustration, it caused anger. And, um, and so we as a staff in preparing for summer, um, each day was different. You know, you thought you had something figured out and, uh, and it would change. And uh, it might be internally, we go, what? No, it's not going to work. Or it might be the state finally saying, well, you can't do this anymore. Or, or the CDC going, well, you know, we thought this might be okay, but now you can't do this. And so, golly, you know, it, it was just stressful. Um, and so we as a camp, you know, approaching summer that March, April, May, um, frankly, on up to just uh, almost two weeks prior to opening, weren't sure if we could open. Um, and and that, was, that was a tough place to be. And that, that began, that, that was our, our spring. And it was, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was something that shaped us. Um, I wouldn't want to revisit it. Um, but, you know, it's something that, that really, in a way, kind of tied us together as a staff. Um, and it's one of those hindsights 2020, you can look back and go, wow, that really grew us. And uh, we're able to tackle a lot of things in order to keep, keep that momentum going. Could you talk a little bit more about that, Brian? So as, as a leader, how did you keep the staff looking forward and how did you keep them positive? How did you come together? Something like that, I would think, could be, uh, as you were saying, really hard. But what, what did you do to manage your way through that? So we're, we're very, uh, I'm thankful for our executive director. You know, I operate right under him. You know, he kept telling me, we, we just need to, we just need to keep moving forward. So you know, one of the things that, that he and I did as much as we could is, was really getting back to why we're here. You know, what's our purpose? Why we're here? It's, it's not for, for me to have a fun time. You know, it's not, uh, for me to, to brag about numbers and records and things like that. At the center of what we do here is the gospel and the gospel message. And, and our goal is that everybody who comes here is cared for, but it experiences the creator. When you, when you look at all the things that are, are, are hindering that um, and, and causing that to pause or causing maybe even that to be eliminated, there's, there's a greater purpose. And when you can get your staff to rally around, it's bigger than me, um, things begin to happen. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I'll share, my, my wife is on our, our staff and it's, um, you know, all the struggles and the, and the pressures to get going. Um, we finally had kids here the first week and, uh, and her and I, we have a garden and uh, we were pulling weeds, you know, that, that's kind of the end of the day work in the garden. And I, I heard her crying. And I looked over at her like, what in the world? You know, it's the, the husband, what, what is going on? You're crying and we're pulling weeds. And, and, and she looked at me and she said, I hear these kids and they're laughing and they're having fun. And she said, I didn't want this to happen. I was too scared. She goes, but now that I hear that, I understand what God is doing and it's bigger than us. And I, I get a little choked up talking about that, but 
Yeah, you know, that's, that's what we had to remind our staff daily. I know we're not the only camp that experienced it where your staff is going, this is exhausting, it's too hard, and it's easier to just say, don't open. And, and, and I'm not saying that that was, you know, I don't think camps just gave up. I don't think any of them. Some of them just, it was beyond, uh, um, sometimes beyond their decision. But when you, when you rally around that point where, where uh, people can get on board with that and, and you have small little victories and you celebrate them, you know, that, that's huge too. You celebrate those victories. Um, that's momentum, you know. Um, and so once, once momentum's caused and, and it goes forward, it's hard to slow that down. Well, after a, uh, after a long spring of isolation, really, I bet hearing those kids was a little bit of normalcy. Must have just felt fantastic. It did. It did. You know, I, I spoke to a, a, a mentor of mine. He's a, a national speaker and pastor, and he called during that time and said, how are you doing? And I said, you know, it, it's weird. I, I, there's just this feeling I, I, I'm having a hard time grasping it. And he said, you're lonely. And I said, that's it. You know, I'm so used to seeing people and talking to people. And when people were here, you know, as a camp that's in the business of, of doing that, I'm sure a lot of other people felt that way. There's just, it's just lonely. It's not right. It doesn't feel comfortable. Um, so yeah, hearing the voices, Dave, like you said, it was, it was just, it was sweet music. It really was. I bet it was. Well, congratulations on being able to have a summer. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was more than, more than us. I can tell you that it was more than us. Brian, I'd love to hear about some of the logistics about how you did it. How did you make summer camp happen? Yeah, it's, it looked very different, you know, and, and as a ministry, we wanted, we wanted to honor and uh, obey those authorities set over us, you know, so that, as we kind of navigated through what we had to do to make things happen, um, you know, our state guidelines, regulations, um, suggestions, as well as the CDC came into play, and so we had to look at kind of our routine and say, what are some of those things that we have to do um, in order to open up the doors. And so one of the things, you know, uh, was our social distancing. And, and I think any camp probably came to that. How, how do you social distance? Like everybody's recommending it. How do you social distance? Well, camp's got space. Most of them have space. So that should be an easy thing to solve. However, you have those events through the day where social distancing is not easy to do. Eating in a cafeteria, you know, that, that's, that's hard to do. Um, having a chapel in a building that's hard to do you know so we started looking at those situations and say what are our, what are our alternatives and just just started making lists you know and and in those situations where social distancing wasn't possible you know obviously as, as recommendations are out there masks were were one of those things that we had to consider and so you know one of the things that we did big this year a big change and we did it pretty quickly um was uh, we, we had those neck games and, and instead of each of our summer camp kids getting a summer camp t-shirt, they got a summer camp neck gator. Um, and we were fortunate enough to have a local uh, t-shirt printing business who were able to order them before they were sold out. And, um, and then each of those kids got a neck gator and it actually worked really well because when we have our team games and stuff and everybody had a different color and, uh, and so it played really well into our program. Our staff, I have to commend, uh, they did a great job with those because I understand how controversial you know, face coverings are out there. 
not everybody's for them. Not everybody uh, believes in that. And we, we recognize that, you know, and, and so as we were kind of uh, communicating with families and saying, this is a new standard, um, we reminded them, look, it's whether you're for them or against them, um, this is what we have to do in order to open up. And when you put it in that perspective, uh, a lot of families were on board with that. They were okay. And the reality in our, our, our day, um, really the only time that those kids needed to put those gators up, uh, and, and the phrase that our counselors coined was uh, mask up, mask up, you know, was when they were going into the cafeteria and when they were going into our chapel site. Um, once they were in and once they were set down, we had social distancing already set up. And, and when we asked kids at the end of the summer, you know, was that hard to do? They, they didn't even look at it like it, it was something new. You know, it was, well, it's part of camp. That's what we did. You know? um, and, and two, our counselor did a great job. You know, I, I watched a lot of little boys who became uh, ninjas, you know, with these. <laughs> you know, so you get these great guy counselors who go, all right, let's put on our ninja masks, you know, and, you know, these little third through fifth graders are like, sweet, you know, and, and they come in all kind of covered up, just their eyes, you know, and it was, it was really cool, but, you know, that was, that was a part of our training with the staff. It's like, you got to make this fun, and every aspect of these changes has to be fun. Um, another thing that we had to kind of add to our, our routine was uh, hand washing and sanitation practices. Prior to going into any of those social settings where social distancing was an issue, um, we sprayed hands with uh, a sanitation spray. And I really think, I, I would say that, you guys, that was a really key element to, to um, containing the spread of antivirus. We, we, we even had less you know, issues of flu or colds um, being transferred around because I think you know, we were just better at that practice. Um, and then, and then just our, our cleaning crews and stuff, hitting the touch points, you know, multiple times a day. So door handles, you know, um, any other places that people might touch often, you know, sinks, faucets, things like that. Um, we, we bring in a high school group each week. Um, it's our T3, our Timothy teams, and they are here to serve. And so in the morning, the team, Timothy teams will go around and sanitize and clean, and then they would do it again in the afternoon and then evenings and so um, a lot of just different small practices like that allowed us a safe summer. Um, they're very thankful for it. And, and, you know, it was getting the staff to buy into it and not argue it. And, and I'm so thankful that, that we had the right personalities and the right character in place to, to do that. Yeah, I'm interested to hear about all these victories that you had and how you celebrated them. You mentioned that earlier that you had so many small victories and that you've got to celebrate them. Absolutely. You know, so again, the, the staff doing what they did um, to make it fun, you know, even these things that could be annoying, they made it fun. But I'll tell you, you know, every week we approach, you got a new group of kids coming in on a Sunday. And you, you kind of hold your breath and cross your fingers, you know. Um, prior to coming, we required them to do a, a seven-day quarantine and a seven-day temperature check. So getting people to buy into that, and, and be honest about it is huge. And, and I'm sure there was some folks that came through that probably weren't honest about it, um, but they had to turn in a sheet to us when they arrived. And if we didn't get that sheet, um, and this was really tough for us, if we didn't have that sheet, they couldn't come. Um, and and uh, it was good because it kept us safe. 
but it's, it's heartbreaking to turn somebody away, you know. Um, but that was a small victory. You know, 99.7% of the people that showed up had that sheet in hand. And, and so they had paid attention, they listened, everything that we marketed and, and put out there for people to, to understand and abide by, they did it, you know. And so that was huge. Um, changing our, our uh, check-in process. I mean, we used to have people park and walk into the building and we had to go through this gymnasium that was now set up as a registration. And, and we changed it all so that people wouldn't even leave their cars. They basically drove in, we met them at the car door, had iPads, checked them in, got them where and, and, and they didn't even have to leave their cars when dropping off their kids. And the logistics of that was a, was a huge victory, you know? Um, in fact, uh, it's odd, we, we joke that COVID might change us to the point we won't change back. And that's, that's one of those things that um, we will do from now on. Parents love this, this drive-in check-in. You know, it was convenient, it was easy, it was quick. And a lot of them said at the end of the summer, we don't want to go back to the old way. We, we want to keep it that way, you know. And so, small uh, victory there. So how that how that work, Ryan? Not to interrupt you, but how, how did you talk through that a little bit more detail? You bet. So we so we have had iPads uh, that we've used for our store and and, uh, and various things. Um, but we were able to transfer all those iPads, all the registration information onto them. And then basically when cars came into camp, we, we funneled them in, down a drive that would come into a parking lot and we had four different stations there. Um, we had communicated ahead of time that, that families had to be paid in full, um, which was not something that we had done in the past. When they checked in, we, we communicated with them um, you know, what cabin they were in, their child was in, and what their counselor's name was. And then we gave them a color-coded piece of paper to put under the windshield. And then they would leave that parking lot, and that would, that would help our parking crew, as they're driving through camp, uh, direct them to the right area of camp um, to drop off their child. And once they pulled up, our counselors met them right at the car. You know, we had, we had done that in our staff training that counselors are alert and ready. And so our, our junior counseling staff, our high school staff, would be at the car. They would greet the parent. Um, the parent was, at that point, allowed to walk the child to the cabin, but they weren't allowed to enter the cabin. But most parents just were like, hey, you know, love you, have a fun week, go. And our counselors took them. Um, and then their senior counselors, our college students that served, actually stayed in the cabin and waited to greet the students. So for the parents, you know, you, they might have been on camp property all of 10 minutes and, and their kid was, was gone and happy and, and, and it was, they were leaving. Um, and so that was a process that was so smooth, so streamlined um, that we will keep um, forever, probably. It was really smooth. And, and you know, I think the, the key to making that happen was having the right software and having those iPads. Um, and, and that was very simple after that once we figured it out. Um, but yeah, some of the other small victories was just just uh, you know just watching the health of kids through the week. We had a very attentive nursing staff who was was very um, wise and not to jump to conclusions. You know, in a COVID pandemic, I think anytime a kid has a sniffle, the fear is, oh no, they have COVID. And, and um, when we encountered kids, and that was the other thing, we temperature checked every morning at breakfast, and so if somebody was out of range. Uh, we, 
we had a policy, or excuse me, a procedure to quick isolate them and get them to a nursing staff for further evaluation. And uh, thankfully, we never had to send anybody home. Um, the nursing staff was wise enough to go, okay, well, this is, you know, this is heat related, or this might be uh, a little summer cold or things like that. And, um, and then we would communicate with the parents to see what they wanted to do. But those were, those were great victories. And then just, yeah, getting through the week, you, you, like I said, you kind of hold your breath on Sundays and, and Mondays and Tuesdays. And then you feel like, okay, everybody's okay. But then, you know, you, you send them home on Friday and then you hope you don't get a call going, hey, by the way, they tested positive and now everybody that they were with that week. And so, um, yeah, really feel blessed. And I, and I tell people, you know, it's not just the policies and procedures. I know we had, we had a, a, a team of prayer warriors out there um, praying for us every day. And, and I have no doubt that that added an extra layer of protection. So, you know, we were talking with uh, Abby Parker just a little bit ago about um, some of the practices that they're going to keep for future summers, much like your drive-through drop uh, check-in process. She says all this hand-washing and sanitizing is awesome because, like you said, it keeps their summer staff healthy. Um, they saw a dramatic drop in those summer colds and just, um, you know, it's, it's common sense, but it's also awesome that now that it's, it's been proven, you know, time and time again, let's wash our hands, let's take care of ourselves, and it keeps illnesses down. Um, and I, I love that idea. I love that people are getting behind that. And so, Ryan, um, I know you did some other innovative things throughout the summer. Um, can you speak to, to some of those other things that you're doing to serve the community? I know you're doing something like drive-through meals or something like that. Um, I'd love to hear about some of those innovative things that you were doing. Yeah. So, you know, with, with the pandemic, obviously, we had a lot of our retreat business cancel their, their bookings with us. And so, as a camp that, that doesn't rely a lot on on, on donations and funds. We, we generate most of our income um, to sustain what the ministry and, and, and salaries and stuff. So we had to be creative and quickly creative in how to generate some of that in, uh, lost income. And so um, again, it, it, it comes down to having a great staff um, that that is gifted and talented. And you when you put the word out and say, hey, make a list of what you think you can do. And, and we're going to you know, nothing's too silly and we're going to um, look at it and say, yep, this is doable. This is not, but my, my wife is, is our head chef and cook and she had had this idea of making frozen meals. And I'm thankful, you know, one of the, the reputations of Hidden Acres is we've got great food. Um, uh, I'm proud to say we don't have camp food. You know, we have great food. You know, some of these people that couldn't attend retreats and stuff, you know, that's one of the highlights of their weekends here is the food. And so, uh, my wife said, well, how about we make you know, cake and bakes is what we call them. Let's, let's make these meals, um, let's freeze them, and then offer, you know, an, an instruction on top on how you prepare them at home. Starting in April and May, we started doing these drive-through take and bakes where, where we would publicize a menu. This is what we have to offer on Saturday mornings. And uh, we would do that through so social media and on our website. And then Saturday mornings from 11 to 1, um, Saturday middays, um, we just wait for people to drive into camp. Um, when we drove into camp, we would greet them um, at, our, at our sign. Uh, and that was my job, I and I love it. I love talking to people and, 
And for me, again, feeling that sense of loneliness, it was so good to see people that we usually see at retreats and getting to kind of catch up and, and ask how they're doing. Um, it was great. So they would greet with me and then I would send them down the line um, where they would turn the corner and again go into four separate parking spots where our staff would come to the window, um, take their order, what they wanted, um, retrieve their, their order, load it for them, and then wish them well and send them on their way and they never had to leave that in the car. Um, I, I'll say if you just, just numbers, um, you know, that first uh, couple couple weekends, we were selling five or $6,000 worth of uh, taken bakes on those mornings. And uh, the other cool thing about that was um, a lot of the people in the community, you know, people who have lived within a 10 mile radius of Hidden Acres, um, again, like I said, Hidden Acres have been here for 40 years, they never knew the camp was here. And, and when the word got out and they started coming, you know, it was their first time ever seeing this place. And so, so for us, another benefit of the camp was we just got some exposure that we hadn't had before. Um, but that was a huge, uh, you know, alternative to some income. I need to, I need to comment on that, Brian. I, first of all, the handballs and cheesy potatoes have become a staple around here. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, if you don't get there early, you, you might not get them. They're, uh, every time that we've gone, we've been just, blown away as to the line of cars. Uh, the support and love that people have for that camp is just, it's been moving to see. I, there were there were times I think I was 20 plus cars deep in line when we got there and I'd, I'd have to wait in line nervously about whether or not I was going to get my handballs or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, again, I think that comes back to, you know, the family that we've desired to create as a ministry because Again, they, they loved our food. They, they, they surely enjoyed it, but I think it was more out of we want to we help take care of camp in this time of need. And we had a gentleman drive down from Minneapolis. To, to, he was, a, he was a, a young man who grew up coming to camp here and, and had attended some retreats. Now he's married. He's got a family. And, and he said, you know what? I had a Saturday off. I got up early. I wanted to come down and buy five or six meals from you guys and, and support you and, and bring home Hidden Acres food. That's great. Well, I think it says a lot about uh, your team and the leadership of that team and just the ability to be creative. And uh, I think the word pivot has been used a lot over the last several months, but to be able and willing to pivot and do something different was fun to watch, quite honestly. It was, and it was uh, inspirational to see when you went out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was that was one of those changes. Um, you know, we also we also when it came to retreat season, we had to look at big differences with that. You know, um, and uh, people are fearful to, to, to go to places. And, and what we really started seeing is even staying overnight. That seems to be, uh, that's, that's almost too much, you know. Um, and so we were fortunate enough to, to have a, a, um, a youth group say, hey, we, we had booked an overnight you know, weekend, but instead we're going to, can we come for the day? Let's just do a day event. And we said, no, absolutely. Again, being flexible, you, you really don't, you're not in a position at this time to say, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and so he, he booked a day event for their high schoolers. And, and it was fantastic. They had so much fun that he actually called and booked two more different days uh, through this next fall. You know, so now as we're, you know, we're getting groups that will go, well, we're not coming for the weekend anymore. That's the, that's the turnaround. We quickly say, well, how about doing just a day event, you know, uh, 
it seems a little less intimidating and, and, and actually a lot of them are entertaining the idea and even choosing it, you know, so that's, that's been a, a transition too. So, um, and there's, there's, there's a few more that we're working on, you know, and that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, and we have no idea. That's the big question. How long is this going to last? You know? Um, and so what, what do we need to do differently going forward? Um, that is still going to allow us to, to continue the ministry that God's put before us. And so one of the things that I'm working with on the, uh, with the guy on our staff is hit makers on the run or hit makers on the go. Um, and some other camps, you know, uh, around the uh, Midwest and even the West are already doing this where they're, they're bringing camps to churches or camps to communities. And so I feel to a certain extent, we might be a little late on that, but we are putting together Hidden Acres uh, on the go that we plan to launch next summer um, where, you know, people might not send their kid to a week of camp because of COVID. Uh, but yet, if we go to that neighboring community and we're going to be there from nine to three every day, um, they'll do that, you know, at the city park or at the local church or something like that. that that's safe, you know, and so we're putting that together and, and we've been talking with a number of ministries on that idea and a lot of them are, uh, very encouraging and supportive of that. Um, and so that's, that's kind of one of those things that we are going to start um, in hopes that it takes off. And again, if COVID uh, finally goes away, that might be something that we still do. You know, it's, I think it's a wise thing. Well, we're getting close to end of time here. I've got just a couple more questions and then we'll turn it over to, to Drew. Um, if you could say, here's one or two things that, just one or two nuggets that you learned good or bad, but one or two things that you learned that our listeners would benefit from hearing. What, what would that, what would be the one or two big things that you took away from? You know, I, I think for me, it was, it was, it was more of uh, God taught me a lot of things. I think so, so the biggest changes in my life were spiritually where we were faced with something we've never been faced with before. And you didn't have the answers and you didn't know which direction to go. And for the first time, and, and I, I say this somewhat ashamedly, you have to trust what God is doing. There, there, there's no other option because no matter what you do, it seemed to be stopped or changed. And so you're really prayerfully hitting my knees going, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I have to rely on you. Um, and, I, and I found myself going, well, I've said that in the past but really realizing or questioning had I only given that, that to, to God. And so this summer, um, you know, as a leader here, I just, I didn't have all the answers that my guys needed. And, and trusting that um, God was going to give me answers when, when he saw fit. Um, and, I, and through that all, I just, you know, as I kind of navigated possibles, um, I really looked for peace in something. And if I felt that peace, that, that was kind of my, my answer to my prayer is, okay, this is, this is the direction that we need to go. And so that, that was a, a huge nugget, a, a real reliance on the power of God and what he's doing. I think the other thing um, is, is the power of unity in a, in a staff. You know, um, Like I said, we, we have members of our staff that are in those vulnerable categories. Um, you know, and so understanding they have legitimate fear um, in, in pulling this off through COVID and acknowledging that and, and coming alongside them. You know, when, they're, when you're having a meeting and, and somebody 
uh, bursts into tears because of their fear. Um, you can't just say, oh, you'll be fine. Quit worrying about it. You know, um, <laughs> you, you, that would be the very wrong thing to do. And so understanding um, where everybody was at, but encouraging them to keep going forward, that was monumental in making camp happen. And, and once that momentum happened, and once, you, once, you, you know, once that first check-in happened and it was okay, you know, you saw your staff go, all right, that went well. Uh, maybe we can do this. You know, and then you get that first week done and you saw your staff go, okay, that, that went well. We can do this. And, and just kind of keep taking those steps forward to the point where you, you gain a confidence as a staff that what you've planned and what you've decided is, is working. Um, then, then it starts happening on its own. Yeah, being cautious and just leading people through that. Again, our executive director was great. You know, we always had a positive. I'm sure the man was stressed to the gills, but uh, but he never showed it. You know, and and I really respect his leadership, and it and it infiltrated down to me. You know, and I learned a lot from that. So, here's my last my last question for you, and I'll I'll start by saying that uh, Hidden Acres is a special place. As a lot of camps are. Uh, being out there this summer was inspiring for me, and even just listening to you talk today is is uplifting and empowering, and I appreciate that. But we have talked a little bit about there's a lot of camps that have got people furloughed and laid off, and the industry might be hurting a little bit right now in the hope department. Uh, you guys ran camp, you ran it successfully. What what would you say to instill hope in some some of these camps that are that are struggling or maybe haven't had the successes that you that you guys were able to work out this summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I, I think I go back to a comment I made earlier. Trust that God is bigger than anything. It's very easy for us to look at the world around us and, and see that everything is just in chaos and question marks. Um, my God is bigger than a lot of things. And, and I think sometimes we don't, we don't give uh, that the recognition that, that he deserves. Uh, and so, so realizing just how big God is, is, is vital to, to really having the desire to push forward and, and, and do, do big things. Um, um, and, and hope, people need this, you know. Um, I, I think, you know, camps are worried that, man, it'll never get back to normal. I, I, I can tell you, I've talked to those people. They need this. They, they need retreat. They need camps. So, so your business and your camp and your grounds and, and your setting is still needed. It's still needed. There's still a need out there. So if you can keep the doors open, people will come. You, again, being creative on how you do uh, future business is going to be key. But people need this. People want it. They will use it as long as it's there. Um, but I think that's the key. you got to be there. So... Don't give up. I mean, I, again, don't give up. Keep going if you can. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. I appreciate you guys and what you're doing. This is this has been fun to be a part. I hope it, I hope it's beneficial to somebody. Yeah, this is this is extremely useful. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, I really appreciate your time and uh, as usual, enjoy visiting with you and mm -hmm. appreciate you sharing your successes and helping our listeners out today. You bet. No problem. Great, thank you. We'll see you next time. This has been Summer Camp and COVID-19.
presented by the Sherry Group, LLC. Thank you for listening.